1: welcome back to another episode of two girls one ship the podcast where we analyze rate and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer i'm genesis the girl who got confused by the script when thinking jay was me and not tonight's character
0: yeah that that would be confusing and i'm Rivada, the girl who writes the scripts so for context i always put like jay or V for whose line is what, but then I also put the first initial for the character's name for the clips that I choose to include. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of Js going on in the script <laughs> this week.
1: I also find it funny that we are JV as in, like, Junior Varsity instead of, like, if we ever flipped it the other way, it would be VJ, and that just makes me think of, like, VJJ. <sighs>
0: That's all we do here is think about the
1: JJ's. I mean, fine. <laughs> it would fade. Oh, now if you are new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on romance and character analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. Or
0: from the deep emotional connections built between two or more characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler-free, then this is not the podcast for you.
1: So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume that you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question, but we will be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar.
0: Today, we're going to wrap up the epic adventure of one Revan, formerly and potentially future Dark Lord of the Sith. We've talked about Karth Onasi and Bastila Shan, but there is one other potential love interest in this game, Knights of the Old Republic. She is an optional companion and is only available to female Revan players, so she isn't as well known of a romance as the other two. Revan's final romance option and the topic for today is Juhani. I am
2: pathetic. I sit here and think myself to be great by embracing the dark side, but I am nothing. There is no way I could be turned back. I always thought they held me back. Were jealous of my power. This is only because I was not good enough to meet their standards. I never have been.
1: So this audio clip is skipping to when Revan first meets Juhani, but it provides great context to her mental state when that happens. Juhani has lived a life of hardship and trauma. Honestly, what else is new? It's pretty rare that our romance options in games haven't had some kind of bad childhood or traumatic event. But Juhani's is particularly tragic. She was born on the planet Hathar, or Cathar, the homeworld of the feline humanoid species, also called Cathar and was only a young kitten when the Mandalorians destroyed her planet. The Mandalorians committed genocide and almost completely wiped out the Cathar as a species. And Juhani's parents fled to the planet Terrace to raise their daughter.
0: Hmm, yes, that's kind of what the Mandalorians are all about, I feel like, is just doing that. Um. Terrace was far from an idyllic escape from war however like many non-humans jihani and her parents were relegated to the lower city and experienced extreme racism bigotry and hardships it wasn't just a passing disgusting comment or glare though vendors would even charge them more for food than they would have charged humans jihani hated it there later referring to terrace as a rat hole but it was the closest thing to a homeworld she had. She didn't remember Kethar. She grew up on those dirty streets, idolizing the Jedi, who she viewed as heroes of the Republic, and never giving up her dream of finding a better life for herself.
1: Ben, do not insert joke about the kitty people living in rat holes. <laughs> oh my god. I know, it's bad. I'm sorry. I will go flog myself later. So, the Mandalorians eventually made their way to Taurus and started a siege. Which is great! And right around the same time that a Twi'lek, by the name of Kor, fought and killed Juhani's father. Poor sweet baby. Juhani and her mother fled. But she was never the same after losing her husband and her mate. No matter how hard she worked... Juhani's mother couldn't make enough to support the two of them, so she started taking out loans from the exchange, a major crime syndicate and major supplier of slaves on Taurus. Juhani's mother gave most of their food to Juhani and slowly wasted away. One day, she collapsed at her job in a cantina and never recovered later dying. Jihani was then taken as a slave of the exchange to pay off her mother's debts. Damn, we told you it was tragic.
0: Yeah, it's pretty dark. According to Jihani, this was the worst period of her life. I mean, it's not like a trauma competition, but yeah, this sounds like it sucked extra hard. She was bound like a beast and treated like livestock, according to her. Sounds horrible. She was literally on the auction block, about to be sold to her father's murderer. And guess who showed up to free her and the other slaves? None other than Jedi Knight Revan and his fellow Jedi. They liberated Terrace from the Mandalorians and gave Juhani a new purpose in life. She vowed to become a Jedi, and as soon as she had saved up enough money, she bought a ticket off-world and went to Dantooine to begin her training. This is, like, such a cute backstory. Like, not cute in, like, the sense of all the trauma. But, like, what a good backstory for a character most people don't remember.
1: Right? Like, there's there's substance to this woman. I love it. Jedi Master Quatra began training her at the Jedi Enclave, but Juhani struggled with mastering her emotions. The game... And even Juhani herself will wax poetic about how being quick to anger is just part of being Cathar, and it is in her nature not to be calm and composed. Juhani befriended a human named Dak Vesser, and they expressed their mutual doubts about the Order, believing it was too controlling and limiting. Dak eventually decided to leave the Order and Juhani to run away with him, essentially confessing some romantic feelings. But Juhani, being a lesbian, was like, no, but thank you. And Dak, being an incel, got mad and went on to become a Sith of Korriban.
0: Like, what an extreme reaction. I hate the Jedi. Come with me, my love. And she's like, um, no thanks. And he's like, I hate women. And I hate the Jedi. Now I'm a Sith. (laughs) What a dick. Uh, Well, Dak doesn't matter. But what does matter about all that is that it shows that Juhani has been questioning the ways of the Jedi for a long time. And I don't personally think it's because she's just a cat lady. Like, I was raised Catholic and was constantly questioning everything about it. My mom was always like, oh, it's such a good thing to question. You You should always question which is why I'm not a Catholic anymore. But also, you should just never blindly believe what anyone's telling you. But you also shouldn't just automatically assume something is wrong, either. The world is gray, remember? Varying shades of white and black don't fly in this galaxy, though. Juhani eventually made a new friend amongst the Padawans. A human named Belaya? 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 I have no idea. Sorry. Belaya also struggled to master her emotions, and the two became super close. According to Wikipedia, they would, quote, spend many nights alone together under the stars. But they were just friends. Trademark.
1: Laughs <Laps> and bisexual. <laughs> Blink, blank, blank. So, two Revans returning to the Republic space as the new Dark Lord of the Sith. And Juhani, already questioning everything, is shocked to learn that the paragon of her youth and representative of all things Light Side is now Sith. Throughout Revan's personal journey of Sithiness, amnesia, and RPG questlines, Juhani has been training as a Jedi. By the time Revan makes her way to Tatooine. Taris has been destroyed by the Sith trying to find Bastila and Juhani has no home planet yet again. While Revan was facing her Jedi trials, so was Juhani. And in an unorthodox test, Juhani's Jedi Master Quatra told her to give into her rage. Juhani struck her down. Believing she had killed her master, she fled to a nearby ancient grove where Jedi meditate and shit. I mean, not literally shit, but you know what I mean. (laughs) But Juhani's dark emotions tainted the grove and caused some calf hounds to start attacking the local populace. Juhani, alone and afraid, thought that she had fallen to the dark side in her fit of anger during the duel with her master. The Jedi Council forbade Belaya from approaching the Grove, and apparently were just going to let Juhani rot in there until, quote, stopping the source of the darkness in the Grove. Sounded like a cool woo-woo trial for Revan in her own Jedi journey.
0: I can't I can't with the Jedi Council in this game. Not only did they send Revan to go kill Jahani essentially, they also said that the trial would show Revan how the dark side was a constant threat to all Jedi, and that even on sacred Dantooine, its corruption can take hold. Revan wasn't told that he or she, in this case, was going to go face a traumatized Padawan. No. How fucked up is that? So you show up there, and you find Juhani at her lowest point, believing she is beyond redemption, and the the council's just expecting you to fight her? I don't know. But she, of course, starts to fight immediately, because she probably thinks there's no point anymore, and that you're there to kill her, which you are, originally. And it's only through Revan's choice to spare her life do we even get to really know any of this. Oh, but before she can become our companion, she has to go ask the council for mercy, Ugh. I hate it.
1: So, Juhani returns to the Enclave and finds out that Katara isn't dead. She's actually fine and already left to go train other young Padawans because she was so confident that Juhani would pass the trial. Um, this kind of emotional manipulation is not the best training tactic, I would argue. But Juhani has drank the Jedi Kool-Aid, so instead of becoming outraged at the lie, she instead decides to trust her master's wisdom about learning humility or some shit. So Juhani is a Jedi now, and she gets to come on the Starforge adventure. Yay! But don't expect everything to be all happiness and rainbows. But... Before we get into the rest of this romance, we need to take a mid-break to hear from our sponsors, talk about some fun facts, and thank our lovely, lovely patrons. Yay, cantina dance time into the mid-break. Where are we at time-wise? I like, don't even know. Um, really
0: fast because there's literally one, one line of romance dialogue for this character. I did my best.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a quick one. I'm also been busting up a chat. Oh my god, y'all are funny. You're right. Bats are, are not bats rodents. Not. No, they're not rodents. Are they? They're mammals. Are you sure? They're little mammals.
0: Uh, bats. Rodents are also mammals. Oh, they're not rodents. Research suggests bats are related to primates. So what's like the... um, They're
1: flying (laughs) monkeys?
0: Apparently. Oh, bats belong to the order Chiroptera, which is second only to order rodentia. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about bats other than do not ever pick one up with your hand because they're one of the number one carriers of rabies. No, they're not. No, they are. I worked at an animal shelter. We get, well, the, the one that I worked at San Diego Humane Society, we would give any bats that we got because they had a whole, they have a whole wildlife thing. They would give them rabies vaccines. Same with raccoons. They're, no, they really are carriers of rabies. Um, not that any old bat is going to have rabies that you encounter, but you never know. You should pick them up if you must pick them up for like taking them to an animal rehab center. Reason. Don't bother wildlife. Otherwise you should wear very thick gloves.
1: But bats are very unlikely to bite you unless they feel severely threatened. Yeah.
0: Yes. But also anything with a mouth can bite. So like, and they're probably going to feel very threatened if you must pick them up, which is why you should wear proper protective gear. Um, But also it's probably just best unless it's an emergency to just call a wildlife rehabber to come handle them rather than you who doesn't know what they're doing listener not jen jen clearly knows what she's doing
1: with a bat (laughs) she won't get bit it's so funny because um so we were talking about this pre-show uh about the podcast that i used to work for back in the day there's a podcast called ologies and it is all about these like scientific studies and they the host interviews um all these different scientists and so one of the episodes that i worked on i used to do transcripting i didn't do anything with the host or the people or anything like that was chiropterology so i had to listen to an episode about bats from one of the world's most like prolific bat experts in the world um so that is so cool yeah Cucur, but I worked on so many different episodes, about like 20 of them, I think.
0: Yeah. I only, like, I didn't work in the wildlife center of the shelter because I was in the HR department and I fostered kittens. That's how I learned, that's where I learned how to do all the neonatal stuff. But a lot of my friends were in there. It's called Project Wildlife. Um, and so I got to see, like, they, they had wild rats, owls. Most of the animals they took care of were wild birds. But since I left, they also acquired another place that has the licenses to rehab bears and coyotes and mountain lions. So they do that too now. But before that, they didn't have the licenses to do that. But every other wild animal, basically. So we always had ravens, crows, raccoons, a ton of them, squirrels, baby rabbits. I almost fostered baby wild rabbits once. But instead, I just did domestic rabbits because I want to snuggle the babies, and you can't snuggle the wild babies. You have to try and keep them as wild as possible.
1: So I think that um, this conversation actually leads perfectly into our first little fun fact. Do you want to read that? Yes. One? Yes.
0: So what's hilarious. So first fun fact about Juhani is Juhani is also the name of the subspecies of Cathar that she is. She is a Juhani Cathar and her name is Juhani. And that's a trope called a dog named dog. I don't know if that's lazy, like why would you do that or or perhaps she doesn't even know her name. I don't know how old she was when her mother died, and maybe everyone just called her Juhani because that's what she is, and that's her name now. I don't really know
1: That's also kind of sad, like you don't have a name a girl has no that tracks names.
0: that tracks with her whole backstory, but yeah, I also thought it, um it was interesting, like thinking. I don't know why this has been like a thing I've wanted to do lately with the scripts, but I'm like, what romance novel trope does this romance fall into? And I feel like Juhani's romance falls into shifter romances. Not that she's a shifter, but she has all of like the anger of like, you know, the stereotypical mm-hmm. like werewolf romance novels or stuff. Like she's not shifting into an animal. She kind of is like halfway already there as the cat person. But right. she's supposedly got all this uncontrollable anger due to her cat nature, her Cathar nature. So I thought it kind of fit in with shifter romances like that. If you actually got a romance with her.
1: Yeah. Which isn't what we really did. No, it's not. But no, and I, I agree that she does seem kind of... She definitely is the angry one and has the, a lot of pent-up anger and rage. Um, so yeah, I could see that being shifter. All right, so... I think this next topic is one that we definitely have a lots of thoughts and feels on. Now, Juhani was the first character in the star Wars universe to be portrayed as an LGBTQ character. And it is one of the earliest positive representation of these characters in video games. And was also the first gay character of any gender in a video game developed by Bioware. A Knights of the Old Republic co-designer, David Gator, was surprised when his fellow developers, most of whom were straight men, proposed taking the risk. A gay man himself, he never suggested a same-gender romance option because he believed fellow developers and audiences would not accept the idea. Jihani's storyline as a lesbian character helped him realize that he could include LGBTQ characters in his own work, such as later when he helmed the Dragon Age franchise. So when we talk about the fact that we want to discuss these older games, it's because these are the foundation blocks. These are the stepping stones. These are what needed to happen and be put in place before we could get to where we are today. Juhani walked so Sarah could cackle
0: maniacally as she shaved your pubic hair. You know, like that one led to the other. And now it's getting even better. Just playing Baldur's Gate and reflecting on how much work lies before us of just specifically you with how many sex scenes just one romance has if you don't have just one scene to analyze anymore Bring it's it gonna, be yeah. like, gonna be amazing like to small. see where we came <laughs> from to where we are now and where we're continuing to go towards it's making my heart happy and making quite a lot of people in the world happy too if tiktok is anything to go off of right
1: oh love it I am so ready for it. I would Like we discussed uh, last time we talked, I haven't had a sex scene in ages and I am so ready to get into some real good details. But of course we have Dragon Spoil- Age before yeah. we hit, yeah, we have Dragon yeah. Age before we hit um, Baller's Gate and uh, I'm excited for Dragon Age also. Like I definitely oh. do not want to like shove those ones to the side because are you kidding me? We finally get to talk about riding the bull. It is one of the best experiences <laughs> I have had in video games. And then there's the other ones, too. Like, we get to talk about seeing Cullen's ass. And sweet kisses while being shoved up against a desk. Mm. Yeah. Pull me away from this, Fee, before I go down.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, here's another... It's not really a fact about Chihani, necessarily. It's just a comment on on her as a character. So the interesting thing about Juhani is that as the first LGBTQIA++ character in Star Wars, according to the co-writer for KOTOR, Drew Karpashins, whose name must sound familiar to those of you who listen to the Mass Effect Orchestra, um, He said that the team had to tread, quote, pretty carefully when writing Juhani because it was so early, this game count 2003, they were not sure how the players would react to an explicitly gay companion. While the writing team did not seek anyone's permission to include her storyline, and they were never told that they could not include it or instructed to do otherwise, they just assumed that the players wouldn't like it. So they wrote it incredibly subtle. So they never had Jihani explicitly come out and say, I am a lesbian, even though you can confirm she is in fact a lesbian within the game's code, because the romance plotline will only activate if you are a female Revan. So she is not bi, she is a lesbian. And she never says, I love you, unlike the other two. She never says that her friend, Bilara who is heavily, heavily hinted at being a past lover. Um, she never says she was. She just says we were very close. So, yeah, it's it's a stepping stone for sure. It's called, that. that that's actually another trope called hide your lesbians, like where they're just heavily hinted at <laughs> and never actually explicitly acknowledged. <laughs> but um, Juhani is in fact a lesbian and she is a, forerunner i i just cannot believe like there are people who never knew this about her or never even met her really because they just killed her the very first time you meet her that's the other thing is you can kill her twice in the game once when you first meet her in the grove or and the second time if you choose to join bastila in the dark side at the temple juhani will adamantly refuse and you have to kill her so it's like the game kind of wants you to not know
1: Yeah. Interesting. I'm trying to, I mean, and I understand, you know, it's like going, keeping it very subtle, very vague. And then the fact that we've got all throughout real world history of, oh, those two old women, they were total spinsters together. They spent every day of every, every moment together and, you know, lived a long, happy, childless life, just living together. Um yeah, no no idea what that would have been. It means so that they just never must have felt been roommates right man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. V will you double check our number on Spotify? Uh, while well, I thank our lovely, lovely Amazeball Ball patrons. Uh, I need to give huge shout outs, major loves, all the thank yous to Toasty and Apollo, Becky and Bat Knight, Mystios and Muffiny Cake. Mackenzie and Winifer, all my love, thank you so much for your ongoing and continued support. It really does help these two girls out.
0: Yes, thank you so much for your support. As usual, we very much appreciate it. And 143 is still the correct number. So Spotify is still telling us that they love us every day.
1: Oh, yay. I love you. 143. It's amazing.
0: I still want to get to 150 for the ratings on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify and you haven't yet rated the show, hopefully you want to give us a five. But if not, you know, I accept it, I guess.
1: But please rate us. Yeah. And if not, leave a comment on this episode on that Spotify feature and letting us know why you didn't leave a five-star review. And maybe it's something we can fix and alter in the future episodes.
0: Yes, but be kind because I'm sensy. Or maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm not sincere at all. And your troll comments will just feed my soul. You'll never know. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's let's get me. back into talking about... <laughs> Wait, what? So that's me. I'm the devourer of pain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let's get back into talking about Jahani and how she totally is not in the dark side.
1: So, I said before the midbreak that Juhani joins Revan on the search for the Starforge. That's true. But what happened was Juhani had to ask permission to go, and the council allowed it because they felt she may serve as a reminder of the dangers of falling to the dark side. Motherfucker. Once again, I will reiterate that one does not simply fall to the dark side. It's not a balance beam that I'm walking on to constantly be like, oh, must stay on one path, must stay straight and narrow. You don't fall off. You choose to walk a different path. So quit calling it that you're falling. It is a choice, not an accident.
0: I know for me, I'm definitely not straight or narrow, so <laughs> I will not be a Jedi, but yeah. Yeah. It just, it just really annoyed me. Like, I know I wrote that and I was just like, I'm with Jen on this one. I never really thought about the Jedi too much until analyzing this game. And they have annoyed the shit out of me this entire game.
1: Well, and I think it's because, of, you know, when we you watch the movies or you read the books, you have this influence that the Jedi are the good guys. The Jedi are the white knights. They're the saviors. They're the good guys. And I completely understand that. But for somebody who has gone beyond just the movies and have read into further lore, have looked into, like, have played the Star Wars games, understands that the dark side does not necessarily mean the evil side. It just means that they are more in tune with the baser emotions and allow emotionality To rule their decisions, not necessarily the clear logical decisions of that the Jedi do. So I'm not saying that, Mm -hmm. you know, all Jedi are white knights and like the super good people and Sith equals evil and bad. No, it's just that the Jedi mindset is something that I could see myself following. Sorry, did I say Jedi? (laughs) Yeah, You did. What's happening? I I was like, no, that's not right. (laughs) The light side is trying to get you. Yeah, the the Sith side is something that I can see myself falling, not falling, motherfucker. Like (laughs) getting influenced. I don't like
0: (laughs) (laughs) my my thinking on it is like the movies and like all the popular Star Wars media that most people consume and know about have reduced it down to light side good, dark side bad. But for me, it's like yeah that. That can exist because those are extremes. Like the Jedi Council is one extreme and the Sith Dark Lord is another extreme. But at its base, I feel like light side people, like the Jedi are the nature documentarians filming a baby lion cub about to fall off a cliff. And they're like, you can't intervene. And Sith dark side people are the ones running over to save the baby lion, which is what I would do. I I would never just film passively and be like, Well, nature's a cruel bitch, but we can't intervene. I would never be like that, you know? So I don't want to be a Sith. I think I'm right down the middle.
1: And that's how most people are. That's how you should be. You should not be one thing or the other. I know that we get a lot of discussion and stuff like about the way that we've been talking about this. Now, do I believe that Jedi are good people? Absolutely. I'm just saying you know and the Sith Lords that we see in that are portrayed can be straight up fucking evil like yeah that's what happens I also know that my Swotor character was at the highest level dark side you could achieve but still showed love and compassion for those around her like she would save orphans uh, and then kill the Jedi who were trying to train them. <laughs> you know, it's like...
0: Oh my god, wait. <laughs> you saved orphans who were living as, as, like, what, little Padawans? Little babies training to be Jedi? Did they ask to be saved?
1: I don't remember the exact quest line, <laughs> but it was that I found a group of children who had been abandoned... And once I found out who abandoned them, it ended up being a group of Jedi. Okay, that's kind of shitty. Yeah, but it could have also been that they were abandoned because they were in a group trying to like survive in the wilderness for a couple of nights and were being watched by Jedi who were there to I protect just, them. Yeah, I'm
0: just <laughs> not devout. I can't follow either. Of it. It's it's it is what it is. Whatever floats your boat, but. I don't know. Juhani self-flagellates a lot because of her programming, thinking that the dark side is bad, light side is good, and she is inherently bad because that's what everyone's telling her all of the time. She's internalized it, and it's quite shitty. I dislike it.
1: Yeah. Juhani has had a fight her whole life, and all she has done as a Jedi is fight to be on the light side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like feels kind of abusive in a way, like they're never really gonna accept her. It's she's just facing the same bigotry and racism that she has been plagued by her whole life. Whether it's an unconscious bias or not, the council seems to think that her fiery nature is evil and due to her being a cathar like she can't escape her nature because she's just a Kathar. I mean, imagine if people did that to other humans like well you're just a human so I guess you're just dumb all the time or whatever you know like that's so racist I don't really like how she's treated she's like I said she's treated just like a villain simply due to her nature so when she feels like she quote fell to the dark side when she hurt her master it wasn't that much of a stretch for her to believe it that she really believed that she fell to the dark side as you heard in the intro audio clip She literally says she's pathetic, that she's nothing. I personally would have loved to see a romance where she finally felt safe and loved and good enough. We did not get that in
1: this game, though. Not quite. Yeah, unfortunately, Juhani doesn't get much of a romance. And even the companionship with Revan starts off on the wrong foot. While Juhani was saved from her enslavement by Revan and the Jedi... She never saw Revan's face, so she doesn't know that it was her. And Revan doesn't remember doing that either, because of all of the amnesia and the mind-wiping. She ends up blaming Revan for the destruction of her homeworld, which is kind of weird because the Sith was actually after Bastila? But anyways, the next clip is long, but I think it really highlights the extreme internal struggle Juhani is constantly battling.
2: You self-centered fool. To think that I would desire to mate with one such as you? Should that even be possible? You are the center of the universe. What does it matter if my homeworld was wiped out by your actions? Who cares if it is because of you that everyone I knew as a child is dead? Taris. It was Taris that the Sith destroyed to try to kill you and your precious Bastilla. Taris, my homeworld. If it were not for you and Bastilla, the Sith would have never had reason to destroy that world. It was your fault for being there and your fault for rescuing Bastila. Without your intervention, the Sith would have had no cause to lay waste to my childhood. Just let me vent my anger. I need someone to blame. Something. Anything. I hated that world. Yet everything I learned as a child, I learned there it is as much a part of me as the air i breathe i have this ache inside me where all my childhood memories lay and i find your face there with them if it was not for you
0: that world would still exist Uh, we forgot to mention it in the mid-break but <laughs> if you haven't
1: noticed... brain, i was about to say that <laughs>
0: If you haven't noticed that the voice actress for Jihani is Courtney Taylor, aka Jack from Mass Effect, aka female lone survivor from Fallout 4, aka a ton of other shit, then there you go. It's Courtney Taylor doing whatever accent Giovanni has. Um, I heard but yeah.
1: <laughs> a little bit more in that clip that I did in the in the other ones. Um I heard I heard Jack a little bit more in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: Such a wonderful voice actor, obviously. We are a fan. Um, You're welcome on the show anytime, Courtney. I think, going back to what Jihani said, I think that the line, I need someone to blame, someone, anything, is exactly right. Jihani has suffered so much in her life and has no direct cause or reason for it. That, or she has too many reasons to count, like, there is one person directly to blame for the death of her father. And that is a Twi'lek slaver named Zor? Hor, <laughs> What's his name? Do, it's X-O-R. How do you say that? It's said you know? Zor. Zor? It's probably Zor. Um, so you will encounter the Twi'lek slaver dude while traveling in search of the star maps. And he will offer to buy Jahani from Revan, which is nasty. Revan can say that she is her own person, and Jahani will grow incensed when the Twilight dude starts to gloat about killing her people on Kaether. Like, he was part of the genocide, apparently, because he's just all sorts of awesome. But you don't get to kill him yet, unfortunately. The second time you encounter him, though, he will attack you, and when you destroy him, he'll use his last moments alive or allegedly. I don't know. I guess you could leave him alive. Why would you do that? But anyway, he'll use his seemingly last moments to further anger Jahani, saying she is no better than him for killing a defenseless opponent. You had two hired thugs with you, bro. I hardly call that defenseless. He also continues to boast about how much fun it was to burn the people of Cathar in their homes. I guess the light side way to end this is just walk away and leave Jahani regretting that she did not kill him. But she at least resisted the dark side. (sighs) Whatever. I would have stomped his face in, just personally.
1: I mean, same. Even if I was doing, like, a true light side only run, I could see this being that one, like, hmm, I really want to pull that renegade trigger. Oh. So, agreed. (sighs) Getting to after the crew learns of Revan's real identity. Jihani is actually inspired by the revelation. She believes entirely that Revan could never fully fall to the dark side because he saved her from slavery. She knows that it was Revan now, I guess. It was never really discussed. And she vows that she will never fall again. Inspired by Revan's redemption. I kinda like that. Now, Juhani is close with Revan, and Revan gets all the star maps so they can find the Star Forge. We are rapidly approaching the end game, and have no romance dialogue to show for it yet. If you have consistently supported her, and chosen dialogue options along that vein, She will initiate a conversation with Revan after the duel with the dark side Bastila, as long as you do not choose the dark side. She is obviously not about that life. Here is the closest thing we will get to an I love you.
2: This may be the last time I will have a chance to talk to you. I just want you to know that I... that I... 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 I care for you. I do not know why. I do not know if anything will be possible or if you even return what I feel, but I do know it is there. I am sorry if this upsets you. I am so sorry if I am wrong, but I cannot deny what it is that
1: I feel. I cannot deny what it is that I feel. I hate it.
0: Like, I really like Juhani. Just, I don't even, I did not play this game. Okay, wait, here's a disclaimer. First of all, I've had two fat glasses of wine. I've never played this game and I have only ever learned about Chihani through research for this episode, but I really like her and I don't feel like the game did her justice at all. Like this, this clip is like, it should have been the start of a romance, this clip, because she is so clearly in the depths of self-hatred and low self-esteem. And while I personally do not subscribe to the whole, like, I can fix him or I can fix her mentality. I think there is a fine line between that delusion of I can fix someone and providing a safe place to let someone grow on their own and feel safe, which I think is what you could have done for a Juhani had that been the start of the romance rather than the end. I don't think that should have... I wish they had gone... I understand why they couldn't. It was 2003. I really, really, really wish that that they could do more with this, and I really hope that they will in the remake of Kotor. Because remake to me is like hopefully they keep everything good and expand upon everything that should have been expanded on.
1: So when they first started talking about the Kotor remakes, they said that they were not changing anything storyline wise. So What's the I point t- then updated graphics better battle systems making the game actually playable um <laughs> re-recording well some uh audio but not really updating any of the story
0: that's a shame i mean bastel is great i i i think there should be more in every game except for maybe Baldur's gate three <laughs> but um i think there should be more romance scenes in every game And especially with this one, like, she has such a good, interesting backstory. She's had to fight for her place in the world in a way that Karth and Basila have not. Like, Basila's kind of like the golden child. She's just kind of been privileged her whole life. And she's had to work hard, sure. But it's all come easy to her. She's very powerful. She's like... That's why it's so stunning when she falls, quote unquote, to the dark side, because you would never have expected it from Jedi's golden child, Bastila. And Karth has a tragic moment in his backstory where his family's killed. Um, But that's the same story as anybody who's suffered at the hands of the Sith or the Empire or whatever the antagonist is in that current Star Wars story. But not many people suffer the way Johanny has have and and we don't really have romances in Star Wars between different races so it would have been so much more I I want there to be more I would like them to add more I hope that they do
1: well that's not to say that they aren't going to it's just that the some of the initial things that I read about the remake and that's what they put out there you know uh I I like the romance. I mean, uh, going back to the original concept of the show about how you analyze the romance, the romantic aspects of it, and I, ro- I analyze the physical aspects, obviously I've got nothing to talk about, you know? Um, so I don't really have anything to break down. Do I think that maybe they could have a good experience together, sure. I don't know enough about uh anatomy in order to analyze whether or not that would be a good hookup or not, because Revan is human, and will always be human. And Juhani is not. So, I don't know how that cross-species liaison would work out.
0: Pretty sure cats have barbed penises. Don't know. But she's Wouldn't really affect her, hammer. though. I know she's a girl, but... And she's having lesbian sex, so it's probably fine. But still, that's like a cat anatomy thing, so she valid. Maybe that's yeah. the trope of like the hook penises. I've heard tell of this in romance novels.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I read a cat shifter series for like three books and then was just like, no, I can't deal with this anymore. Um also, how did we not make any pussy jokes? <laughs>
0: um you are more than welcome to whenever you desire uh especially in this episode i already talked about how they don't say the word love also here's something interesting that i thought was kind of shitty but i see why they did it so if the if you just go straight to playing kotor 2 and the player character in the sequel sets revan to a light side female it just assumes that Revan romanced Karth instead of Jahani. Like Jihani's just skipped right over.
1: Yeah. And they did that too with Bioware or this is Bioware. They did that with Mass Effect also because in Mass Effect, if you just start with a Mass Effect 2, before they came out with the Genesis comic um, uh, stock was that you saved Ashley, no matter what, bro-shep or fem-shep, you saved Ashley and romanced liara
0: did they change that when they let they did the little comic where you could pick your choices or the like dragon age keep and then they have mass effect archive i think where you can like go in on the website and manually change your choices before for your online
1: profile or whatever you can set your world state uh dragon age keep did it a little bit better i feel than um the Mass Effect Genesis comic, because Genesis allows you to pick like some of the big major plot lines that happen in one um, to set your world state for two. I don't think I've ever started a from scratch player in three, so I don't think I know if they have a Genesis in that one. No idea. Uh, maybe I, should I uh, do that always start from
0: one and it. just go all the way through.
1: They do. Thank you, Yuri. Yuri says that they do have a Genesis for three, so that way you can set your decisions from one and two, which makes sense because you need to. Um, yeah, but I do like Dragon Age keep a little bit better than mm-hmm. the comic because you have so many more choices. But mm-hmm. I also think that Dragon Age has a lot more choices that can affect the game than Mass Effect does for minor plot this lines and is, stories. This is true.
0: Also, just side note. I thought was interesting is you can find Belaya. If you kill Jahani in the grove, you'll later find her. And she has since fallen to the dark side and will attack you on sight. And the word, like her dialogue is so tragic. I can't remember. I should have wrote, wrote down a quote, but um, she's just like, basically it's something about a stain on her heart that she'll never get rid of or something like, it's so clear that they were in love and she's just completely beside herself that Jihani died. But also, it made me wonder like, why? I mean, were they actually together together? Or like, because Jahani can be romanced by you, so she seems single, but I don't know.
1: No, I don't know.
0: Because maybe she just forgot about a, her.
1: If they were in a committed relationship, that might also explain why Juhani is kind of hesitant to fall fully for Revan knowing that she has a uh, Belaya back at home as per se, but also like they are starting to trauma bond. They are traveling the world or the galaxy together. And you don't know if you're going to come back from this mission on this to, to the star forge. So it could be like a, Hey, yeah, I'm starting to catch feelings, but I don't really want to admit to them because I don't know what's going on back on Dantooine. That's true. The number one predictor for feelings
0: or catching them is proximity. So could just be that. But, and honestly, I think I like a Juhani with Belaya better than a Juhani with Revan. <laughs> because Revan, there's just so much going on there. She literally states like, when I think of my homeworld, I think of you and its destruction. Like, I don't know if that's like the, the best seeds for a love interest, personally.
1: Got yeah. any final thoughts on Juhani? Um,
0: when they do remake KOTOR, I hope they do her justice in her appearance, because I, honest to God, could not uh, Gage that she was supposed to be a cat person, until I like looked her up on Wikipedia, and I saw fan art or or some kind of like concept art maybe, and she was clearly like Hue Line. I don't know if anyone ever played that game, Lands of Lore. It was like a PC game from 1994 or something, and they had these cat people in them called Hue Lines. So that's what I thought when I saw her. <laughs> I was like, she's a Hue Line. Anyway, that game was amazing, but um, yeah, so. She looks rough in KOTOR, so I really hope that she's done justice in the remake.
1: Yeah. I mean, but they all kind of look that way. It's all, there are not enough megapixels in this game to make them look good. So, I agree with you on that, that even if they can't update the romance, they at least update face. Um, yeah. So, as a final thought, I really I do hope that they update it a little bit, maybe expand on the romance, expand on even like the the connection built between them, because we really only have that one romance dialogue, even if it's just a, you know, I'm starting to get feelings for you. I really appreciate you lines that make it feel like we're actually building this relationship. And I also understand that it was 2003 and this was their first lesbian romance, their first not straight romance, their first anything in this in this arena. So I understand that they tiptoed around it just to test the waters. And Mm -hmm. then once they got the major fucking backlash from Liara in the next game, I can see why they were timid about it.
0: Yeah. But no matter how many times we say it, it can never be said enough. Like The people at the the turn-of-the-century Bioware studio, they paved the way for so many aspects of video game companionship and romance that we have now and that we continue to have. I am not a pessimist. I hold out hope for Dreadwolf. And also now we've got other studios doing just as well, if not better. (laughs) Looking at you, Larian. So, I mean, it's just an exciting time to lust after CGI significant others.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you agree and you like what you are hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host Hostie, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk, including the 2.0 patch which comes out next week, and then the Phantom Liberty expansion that comes out the week after that. I am so fucking excited! Let's go! And, of course, in our Two Girls, One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. Come give us a follow on all the social medias and on Patreon.com slash Two Girls, One Ship. Our theme music was composed by the ever-talented Pipeman Studios, and our artwork was designed by the esteemed Let's Not. Links are in the description.
0: I am on the Robots Radio Discord as well, and on our own Two Girls One Ship Discord server where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. And be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 1030pm Eastern Time, 7:30pm Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. Good
1: luck, my love, and may the force be with you. Thanks for listening, and remember,
0: beauty is in the eye of the controller.
1: Or you can send us an email using threecountthoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell.